Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Here in the studio with Tony Cooper. Tony is the Director of Development for the Cornerstone Revitalization Foundation that was birthed out of the Greater Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. However, Tony's best known for being the CEO of uh, Jimmy Hill Mission for the last 30 years. So it is a, a great honor to have you here today, Tony. It's a pleasure for me to be here, Matt. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, sir. And, you know, it's, um, it's really cool how God works because uh, last Thursday we were at a business leaders luncheon and happened to sit next to each other at a, a workforce development breakout session and and I just knew that uh, I needed to sit down and hear your story. And uh, you're just a man of faith who has walked out the things that you believe for a long period of time. And so your name is synonymous with you know doing good works here in Birmingham. So it, it really is a, pre- a pleasure to, uh, to sit down with you. So um, 30 years you spent at the Jimmy Hell Mission, retired earlier this year and um, have just recently gone back to doing something else. But, but that was your passion for, for 30 years. What got you into that role, and, and how did that all start? Yeah. Well, man, uh, yeah, 30 years at Jimmy Hill, I actually worked uh, 10 years at an, uh, another mission, rescue, gospel rescue mission in my hometown of Pensacola. Uh, my wife and I both grew up in Pensacola. So being in the rescue mission ministry for, for you know, 40 years, and, and you're right, the, but man, it's like anything that any of us do. If, if you don't have a passion for it, then you need to find something else to do. But, and, and, if, and you probably will. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's how people maybe move around a lot. But, you know, but certainly working at a rescue mission is, you know, is no more spiritual, is no more important than anything else that God has called us to do. I just encourage people to... To just to, to respond, make sure you have God's calling in your life, and then go at it with everything that you've got. And let it become uh, your passion. But now back to your question, it probably uh, goes back uh, to the fact of uh, my dad. Uh, uh, Cooper's my adopted name. Okay, yeah. uh, my dad's name, my bloodline name is Roberts. Uh, my dad was alcoholic uh, and divorced my mom when I was eight years old and had a younger and younger sister. And so uh, come from a broken home and, and but primarily due to the fact that, that my, my dad was alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then my mom remarried and uh, Cooper is my adopted name as I mentioned and really appreciate my stepdad. He took on three kids that was not his and worked two jobs to to feed us and clothe us and you know put a roof over our head uh, but but I, you know but then later uh, you know it's interesting later he became alcoholic as well and eventually died of cirrhosis of the liver and so you know I'm not poor mouthing I'm not I haven't had it worse than other I'm just saying God used that and I think he when he called me to ministry 
Then he eventually called me to work in rescue missions because I really think when I started working with the guys, psych, you know, psychologically, mm-hmm. I was helping my dad, you know, because that's who they were. These guys mm-hmm. coming, most of them were with some kind of substance abuse, and mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, I was. I guess I thought I was just really in helping them somehow indirectly. I, w- I was helping my dad and my mm-hmm. stepdad, you mm-hmm. know. So, you know. Uh, Romans eight twenty eight. you know, the, for, for the Christian who loves God is called according to his purpose. God can take even, uh, you know, bad, undesirable, uncomfortable, inconvenient situations and use them for his good mm-hmm. and his glory. And so, for, real quick, for example, I have a younger brother who died of uh, sinus uh, cancer, brain uh, cancer at age mm-hmm. 32. And um, he was four years younger. He was one of the, my younger brother that my, my dad left, you mm-hmm. know, uh, when he divorced my mom. But, mm-hmm. but he, he died of, of cancer at 32. Uh, you say, well, why do I bring that up? I'm talking about adversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he's in heaven today, Matt, because of mm-hmm. cancer. Mm-hmm. Now, he was raised right. We were raised in the God. Mm-hmm. My mother okay, was a godly woman, strong mm-hmm. woman. Okay, Matt, I tell people I'm, I'm smiling, which mm. people can't see, but mm. I'm smiling. My mom had a Ph.D. Mm. in whooping. No. She was a disciplinarian, you know. So we were raised in church. If, mm. the, the, if the church doors were open, we were there. But mm. back to my younger brother real quick. So we were raised right, but he kind of, like, like like I did, he, he wandered away. Mm. I was saved at age 13, mm. but uh, really uh, was, was kind of like the prodigal. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I was saved, but didn't, couldn't tell it for the next 10 years. But uh, on Easter Sunday, 1973, rededicated my life to the Lord. Uh, my Uncle Smitty was preaching that day. And, mm-hmm. and so that's when I came back to Jesus and really began my Christian walk mm-hmm. with him. But, but back to my statement, my younger brother Chuck, I believe, is in heaven today because of his cancer. He mm-hmm. knew he had terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. And I think that forced him to remember how he was brought up, okay, the biblical teaching that he mm. had, the Holy Spirit working and convicting him and mm. calling him mm. and bringing him back. If you get a terminal disease and you don't start thinking about your, your own mortality mm. and where you're going to spend eternity, well, then that's not God's fault. Okay? Right. So anyway, that's what I meant by the advert, God can use adversity, as I shared with you earlier, you know, I could be wrong, but I, and let me say it this way. I'm convinced most spiritual growth comes from adversity. I don't like, James talks about that. Mm-hmm. Consider it all joy. Right. When you read that, and you're right. going, James, man, you've lost your mind. Right. But you got to get into it and mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. Where do we turn? Where do we go mm-hmm. when we have adversity? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, about eight years ago, uh, I had four grandchildren. Won't mm-hmm. bore you with those other <laughs> grandchildren stories. But one of them is nonverbal autistic. And that's been a whole interesting journey, okay? uh, which God has used mm-hmm. for us. A lot of spirit, a lot of challenges, mm-hmm. a lot of spiritual growth, mm-hmm. okay? But, now, but but where do you turn? Then about, oh, uh, he, he's 13 now, so about six, about seven, eight years ago, he got spinal meningitis. Mm-hmm. In Children's Hospital, mm. got tubes running all in him. I mm. walk in, my wife and I, my son and his wife is already there. I walk in, and and he says, they say he's got forty eight hours to live. How do you respond to that? Mm. Not well. <laughs> mm. Anyway, but 
but you anyway. So uh, forty-eight hours sales. I'm 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 going home, driving home by myself. My wife stayed. I'm driving home. Anyway, long story short, I said, Lord, I said, wasn't autism enough? Mm. I, mean, I said, Lord, help me. I'm struggling here. I really am. Mm. I'm struggling. I can't get my head around. This don't mm. make any sense. Which, a lot of things don't make any sense to us that, mm. that God does, but he's God. His ways mm. are higher than our ways. Mm. You know, his thoughts are higher than I. But anyway, I'm driving home, and I'm crying. I'm a crier, man. Praying. I'm crying. And, 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 I'm, and I tell God like, like he didn't know. I said, God, don't you know this is my grandson? Mm. I mean, this is me desperation. You know, I'm just crying out in desperation. You know, mm. you say stupid stuff. And and I said, Lord, don't you don't you know how much I love him? And Matt, I promise you, I didn't audibly hear mm. God, but within my spirit it was just as loud, mm. just as clear. He says, Tony, don't you think I love him more? I'm the one who created Guess what? Okay. He, he lived a little longer than 48 hours. He's still with us. He's 13 oh, now. Wow. Still had autism, mm. you know, but, but thank you. God performed some miracles. And mm. what's my point? Man, I was absolutely overwhelmed. Mm. I, I, I didn't know how, how we were going to reach. I didn't, know, I didn't have an answer for mm. that. I didn't know how we were going to get out of that. Mm. We were knocked to our knees. And I'm, but you just, then you just cry. Like I did, you just cry out to God mm. and say, Help, because there's nothing you can do to fix it, and you're forced to look to the one who can do the impossible, mm. which you can't do. You know, it's interesting that you've mentioned adversity numerous times today. And yesterday morning, I was just in my quiet time and, and praying and worshiping. And, and I just I heard the phrase, similar to the, as you did in your spirit, that adversity creates opportunity. And it, it is when you get to find out what you truly believe. It is when you get to find out, you know, how you're going to respond. It is when you get to walk out that faith that you say that you have. And, you know, it's easy for people to say that they're a Christian when, when their life is, is going well and everything's perfect. Uh, it's a completely different situation when you're faced with 48 hours to live, um, when you are, are, are staring down the barrel of that gun and, and you don't know what's about to happen. Uh, you know, it, it is uh, a situation where, um, you know, do I truly believe who God is, that God is who he says he is? Or, you know, were those just, you know, words on a page? Were those just, uh, you know, messages that I heard the pastor uh, talk about on Sundays over and over and over? Were, were those just, you know, songs that were sung? Or, or do I believe the words that have come out of my mouth? And, and I do think that it is, um, you know, we're in a season right now where, where there's a lot of people. There, there is a, a refining that's taking place and ultimately... Um, you know, the, the sheeps are being separated from the goats and, and ultimately the ones who, who truly believe and walk out their faith are going to be in a better place after all of this than, than before it started. 
because they got refined and because they drew closer to God and he's drawing near to them. But, but also I believe that the ones that really don't believe the things that they said they were going to believe they're getting exposed. And so it is, um, I agree that, that adversity is not anything that any one of us ever chooses or wants, but, uh, the faith that I have now was birthed out of, out of adversity. So, uh, I 100% agree. And, and I was also one of those prodigals. So, uh, we've got that in common also. Um, all right. So, um, the things that you've seen over the last 40 years, uh, but really the, and I don't know if all 40 was, was really focused on, uh, you know, the, the homeless population, but, but the, the homeless population, and the, the people that you've seen story after story, uh, you know, as well as I do, that um, that every single one of those those stories are different. There's there are patterns and there are similarities, but but every single one of those stories are different. What's the, the greatest takeaway that you've had with uh, just being connected with the homeless community for as long as you have? Nobody is beyond hope. Mm-hmm. And we write a lot of people off. You know, and and I have to, I struggle, and I was just reading something today and uh, about judging, you know, mm-hmm. and not not judging, and uh, so if we're not careful, we we put on our black robe sometime, and we sit in judgment of people that are different than us, or we don't agree with, okay, and uh, you know, or their lifestyles are contrary mm-hmm. to ours, or or is adverse to what you know to biblical teaching mm-hmm. you know you have a lot of things today that are politically correct but they're not biblically correct mm-hmm. but but the, the, back to your to your question okay as you know the, the, the bible quoted earlier the, the bible says some with, with man some things are impossible mm-hmm. but with god all things are possible mm-hmm. you know god is the only one that can change a heart mm-hmm therefore change a life mm. we're talking about reconciliation or a restoration mm. coming back to god like we did you know as prodigals when we came home mm. you know came, came back to god so nobody is um, uh, until they get to until they cross the, the line of no return mm. only god knows that mm. we don't know that mm. okay so therefore our view as as we come in contact see what what what, what again we're talking about ministry and need earlier mm. Our, our calling as Christ's followers mm. is to be the church. Mm. What does that mean? Well, you know, it was in 2 Corinthians 5 where it talks about we are his ambassadors. Mm. We represent him. Mm. We are to be his mm. witnesses. We are salt. We are light. Mm. You know, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. As we say. I tell people, well, take it beyond that. We need to have the eyes of Jesus. We need to mm. look. Look and see the fields widen to harvest, mm. you know, and hear the needs of the, the Christ and the hurts of those out there. And as, as Paul says, have the mind of Christ and have that heart of compassion mm. and speak the words of Jesus. So our job is to be the church mm. and to represent Jesus to a lost and dying world. Mm. And so, you know, there, you know, there's there's certain lifestyles out there and people that mm. that. You know they they aren't spiritual and mm-hmm. they they aren't living for the Lord, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm not qualified to sit in judge. I don't condone w- mm-hmm. what they're doing. Okay, if it's a if it's contrary to biblical mm-hmm. teaching and mm-hmm. spiritual truth and principle, mm-hmm. but who am I mm-hmm. to sit in? You know what? 
my job is, is to agape them. Man. Mm-hmm. My job is to love. Mm-hmm. What's the old, I mean, it's more than just to say, see beyond the, all of us got faults. Mm-hmm. All of us have issues. Mm-hmm. I saw a t-shirt a while back coming out of the po- downtown post office. Mm-hmm. lady says, even my issues have issues. <laughs> so everybody has issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every, pretty much every fun, family has a form of dysfunction. Right. <laughs> but anyway, your, your question is when, when you look at somebody, look at through the eyes of Christ, mm. and like I said, his heart of compassion, mm. and go, that person is created in the image mm. of God. Mm. Don't care what color their hair is. Mm. <laughs> don't mm. care about their piercings or their, or mm. their ink. I don't care how how long whatever you know mm-hmm. our, our little pet peeves and preferences and things that we use mm-hmm. to that people that are different now mm-hmm. you know di- they may have a different lifestyle than right me, okay mm-hmm. I'm, no i don't condone it like i said but i see a person who's uh, jesus died for them mm-hmm. just as well as just as much as he died for you and i jesus died for the world mm-hmm. for god so loved the world mm-hmm. and so our job as a church is to represent people see the needs, respond to those needs that we can address and share the agape, unconditional, unselfish concern for the welfare of another. Man, that'll keep you busy being unselfish and unconditional. Okay? And so, you know, I don't know if I answered your question. You know, it was a great question. But that that's just... We have the Holy... Now, we can't do it. You can't mm-hmm. live the Christian life without without being spiritually born again and having the Holy Spirit indwelling you. you know? mm-hmm. yeah, but we do as Christ followers. Mm-hmm. We have the Holy Spirit. My word of encouragement to those listening, if you don't remember anything else, mm-hmm. remember the fact that if you're a child of God, that you have the Holy Spirit with you, mm-hmm. ever-present. Mm-hmm. When we get up in the morning, we should recognize, hey, I, you know, I, I, I got the Holy Spirit. He's mm-hmm. like, I got Jesus right here with me, man. I mean, mm-hmm. So therefore, God, what, you know, making decisions, mm-hmm. okay, hold, you know, pray about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, God, should I make that decision? Mm-hmm. Okay. As we go through the day, just understand that God's right here with us, and that should kind of help give us guidance in, on how we get through the day. Okay, and that. Uh, and I'm a representative of Christ. I want to be a witness for him. Perfect, but by no means is only one. But I'm striving for excellence. And Romans 8, we talked about Romans 8, 28 a while ago, Matt. How about Romans 8, 29? We talked about God using, you know, for those who love him been called according to his purpose, that God can bring some good mm-hmm. from whatever situa- adversity mm-hmm. that they encounter. Mm-hmm. Romans 8, 29 says, and God predestined them to be conformed mm-hmm. to the image of his son. Mm-hmm. My prayer is I pray, I say, God, show me those things in my life that's not pleasing to you. Those unconfessed sins or pet sins or things that I struggle with, attitudes, appetites, addiction, whatever it might be. God, conform me, shape me, pattern me. You're the potter, I'm the clay, and to the image of your son. Help me to address those things in my life that are keeping me from being like Jesus. I was thinking as you were talking and, you know, again, I, I think the biggest thing that 
you nailed it with, you know, nobody's beyond hope. Uh, and at the end of the day, when you recognize that, that everybody, you know, whether they're, you know, in a three piece suit or they are, you know, homeless, they're, they're all created in the image of God. Uh, but this morning I met a friend downtown and we were praying outside of a facility. And as we were standing there, uh, one of my friends, uh, who used to be on the streets and, and we've helped get off the streets. Uh, I'm not going to, to say her name because this will be, uh, out there for all to hear. But, um, you know, she was walking on the other side of the, the road and I called out to her and, and she came over to where I was and, um, and we talked for a couple of minutes and, and she said, you know, I've given up hope. And I said, you know, you don't need to give up hope because, you know, God hasn't given up hope on you. And uh, I said, you know, let me pray for you. And and so she came and she gave me, you know, a big hug. We're in the midst of COVID, you know, and, and I don't know where she came from and I don't know where she was going after she left me. Uh, but she gave me a huge hug. And as I'm praying for her, she's just weeping on my chest. And that's somebody's child. That's somebody's daughter. That's his daughter. And, and, you know, when, when she left, she, she said, thank you. And she really appreciated and just tears rolling down her face. And, and she left me and she went, you know, the last I saw, she, you know, was walking underneath a, a overpass and I don't know what she was going to do. But, but at the end of the day, you know, if, if we're able to provide a little bit of hope in an otherwise hopeless situation, we bring Jesus into the situation because he is the provider of all that hope. And, and with the Holy Spirit that is indwelling in us, when, when we get to be the light in the darkness, you know, we may be the only Bible that somebody ever reads, you know, through the, the, the works. You know, we were talking about that earlier, uh, the works that are in our life, not because we want some sort of um, acknowledgement or anything, but because there's needs all around us. And... You know, it's um, the amazing thing to me in this season. Um, you know, Jesus never stood six feet away from a sick person. Jesus never wore a mask around a sick person. Jesus never uh, told them to stay away. He embraced them and he healed them. He prayed for them. And and ultimately, you know, if if we modeled him the, the way that that he has called us to do, the world would be such a better place. Uh, but, you know, I, I think too many times we're, uh, we, we, especially you said you were uh, type triple A. I'm, I'm, I don't know that I'm triple A, but, but I'm at least a good double A uh, personalities. And, and, you know, sometimes we get so focused on the task that we're there to accomplish and, and we miss the, the needs because I got to get this done. I, I, I skip over this, but you know, if we ask God for eyes to see and ears to hear, then we'll constantly see needs all around us. And, um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, we're living in a world where um, there, there's so much hatred and division. And, um, you know, ultimately people think that, that people can't live together and coexist. But, but you've seen people of all different backgrounds, races, genders, uh, you know, n different struggles that they've had. And, and you've seen restoration come to those people. And, and we know that the only answer is, is Jesus. But, but speak to that a little bit about, you know, the, the people that, that you've seen that, that find common ground. And I mean, you're, the, the new role that you're in, you're in the midst of the inner city. 
and you are helping at-risk youth. Um, adults, yeah. yeah, and and as an older white man, you're going into a predominantly black community. Um, I, I believe that that God, you know, that there's nothing that He can't do, and and it doesn't matter what we look like on the outside because you know it, at the end of the day, we are all created in His image. We all bleed the same. Yeah. You know, and He bled for all of us. Yeah. So speak to that. Real quick, though, as I was thinking, as, as you were talking about Jesus always going after kind of the outcast or the downtrodden, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, was, I thought about the passage about the leper, man. Mm-hmm. When the leper came to Jesus, okay, mm-hmm. you know, he was unclean. Mm-hmm both medically, religiously, mm-hmm. socially, mm-hmm. he was unclean. A lot of mm-hmm. people that we see socially will be considered, mm-hmm. even spiritually, some may be unclean. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they are. Mm-hmm. Okay? But how did Jesus respond to that? Mm-hmm. Leper said, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So he mm-hmm. came to, he, he recognized his need, which was desperate, mm-hmm. But he knew he knew the source that could address that need, and in faith he came to Jesus. But but look at the response of Jesus. You know, if you're what Jesus looked at him and said, "Okay, I'm willing." But what did he do next? He touched him. You didn't touch the leper; they were untouchable. Jesus was making a point. Okay, <laughs> he said, "Yeah, I could speak the word," and he did, and you're healed. That's all you need. But to, for those around, he's going. He re- and I'm sure the people are going, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. He, he said, he touched, we are to touch people, the unclean, mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, to your question. I've seen, you're right, and uh, I've seen people from all walks of life. We, we talk a lot about the down and outs, mm-hmm. but there's up and outs too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the poor. Luke four eighteen, Jesus says, "I came to preach the gospel to the mm-hmm. poor." Mm-hmm. He's and say, "Well, okay, what does poor mean?" Yeah, poor. A part of the definition is lacking in riches or goods. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. The real definition when he says poor is not having your needs met. Mm-hmm. And we usually focus on the physical or the financial mm-hmm. aspect of that, but there's the mental aspect, mm-hmm. the intellectual needs. Where mm-hmm. you know, how do we get here? Where did life mm-hmm. come from? What mm-hmm. happens when we die? Identity, purpose, who are. Okay. There's emotional, am, you know, am I significant, secure, am I loved, am I important, do I have value, do I have worth? Okay. The gospel answer that. The spiritual, of course, is, is, is the primary one, you know. You got a, you got the God spot, you, you know, you got that God-shaped hole in, in your soul, if you will. That vacuum, that void is going to suck things in until you feel it with the only thing they can say. Like St. Augustine said, your man's soul doesn't rest until he finds peace with God. And and so now Jesus said, I came to preach the good news of the gospel that I came to rescue you mm. and to save you and to complete you and fulfill you mm. and you know, give you the life that I designed for you. And so anyway, I've seen people from all walks of life. Mm. I've seen West Point graduate, I've I've seen judge talk about judges, I've seen judges, I've seen attorneys, you know, I've seen medical doctors. I I, I had a guy working for me. Uh, years ago in my learning center who was a medical doctor and practiced here at one of our major, I won't say, but uh, one of our major hospitals, okay, came knocking on the door to needing the help of Jimmy Helmish. And I had another guy who graduated from University of Alabama Law School, okay, 
and uh, worked, worked uh, uh, you know, in the stock market, okay, mm. well, financial planning mm. or help, you know, or mm. really try, trying to help people raise, generate income mm. and stuff like that, you mm. know. Came knocking on my door, you know, lost his way, got in trouble, sin kind of took over. And so, you know, I've seen, as I tell you, I've seen professional airline pilots, I've seen professional baseball, I mean, you know, and just people, you name it. Okay. But see, like you said, it, it doesn't matter. Well, all of us have history. Okay. Doesn't really matter where you came from. Okay. It's where you're going. Okay. Where are you going? Yeah, and uh, and Jesus just wants us to have. To, we're talking about reconciliation and restoration. Okay, Jesus just wants us to have restore that personal relate, and so you know to have every the God the grace is sufficient for every need that you have. Mm-hmm. His grace mm-hmm. is sufficient. Whatever your need, mm-hmm. physical, financial, what health, mm-hmm. whatever. Whatever you're needed, mental, as we say, intellectual question, philosophical question, emotional, it's spiritual, the main one. But whatever your need is, come to Jesus. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's more than just saying. I know we people hear that and go, it's more than just words. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, come to Jesus and let him satisfy every need, every need that you have. Okay? Whether you're got a big 401k or you know or whether you're struggling to figure out where your next man it doesn't matter because the ground is level at the foot of the cross that's right all of us come to jesus the same way there's only one remedy that's the blood of jesus christ for the forgiveness of our sins so he can remove that sin barrier that separated sinful man from holy god so now we can be restored to that rightful relationship with him It, it really is, um, I think, sometimes people that, that have stuff, they think that that can never happen to them. But the reality is, you know, the more stuff that you have, the more resources that you have, that gives you the ability to accelerate bad habits. You know, so um, I, I, too, have seen people that have plenty of money, but they've also got addictions, and they ultimately use those resources to fuel those addictions and they can end up in a bad spot too. Now, some of them lose everything. Some of them don't. Some of them lose family. Some of them lose relationships. Some of them lose marriage, things of that nature. Uh, but sometimes they end up all the way at the, the bottom of the barrel. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's when you are at your most broken, that's when it's easiest for, for Jesus to step in and fix you. That's the beautiful thing about it is he is the the architect and the creator of all of us and, and everything on this this earth and in this universe. Um, it's easy for him to put the pieces back together. We've just got to get out of the way and ask him. Um, Humpty Dumpty needed Jesus. <laughs> all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But Jesus is the only one that can mend a broken heart and put us back together. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, I absolutely agree. So uh, with all of the the things that we're facing right now, um, you know, obviously the the division and, and polarization that, that we see in society, you know, I believe that Jesus is obviously the only answer, but but also think that just showing love and kindness for one another could go a long way. Fruit of the Spirit, man. Mm. Love, joy, peace is the mm. three main ones that we get from God. Mm. Then he said, but use these mm. to help exercise patience mm. and gentleness mm. and kindness and goodness mm. and faithfulness and discipline. Mm. Okay? Mm. And so, yeah, uh, let's start exercising those straight. You know, we ask ourselves in, in, in our world today, 2020, the craziness that we're in, in the middle of. I'm going, man, what if we, like I said earlier, what if we started treating people as the Bible says, like they were more important than us. Mm. What if we return civility, mm. okay, and compassion, and consideration, mm. and kindness, and gentleness, mm. and 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 true concern, and for for that other person mm. and their needs? Well, I I, re, I relate to them. It's not just about me. I'm truly, genuinely concerned about you. Mm. Now we can disagree on some things, okay. But let's don't fall out. Let's don't become mm. enemies. Mm. Let's let's work on the common ground and pray for each other in those areas that we mm. can't agree on. Then we just have to accept that, mm. you know. But there's got to be a house divided can't stand. We know that, and we we're looking at our political system. It's I mean we're we're headed. Mm. You know I mean it's 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 a it's, well, I don't have to convince anybody. It's a mm. bad situation. Mm. Because you got two polarized, mm -hmm. and then we're kind of butting heads. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're fighting mm -hmm. with each other, then you can't work together mm -hmm. to get anything mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. And so, other than other than people, God stepping in and just I don't know what what it's mm -hmm. going to take, man. I really don't. Mm -hmm. But I keep praying. God's yeah. sovereign. I do know that. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps me from just chunking in the towel. Is because my God is sovereign. I don't understand that mm. all this stuff, but I know he has the final say-so. Mm. That's where my hope is. I'm going to continue to live for him, mm. try to honor and serve him as mm. best as I can as he helps me to do that. And then just pray for other mm. people and, 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 you know, and get involved in wholesome Christian activity that, that's going to help our communities and, and help our neighborhoods and help our country. Well, I absolutely agree, and I think that um, agreeing to disagree and and coming to that understanding that that everybody's not like everybody else. You know, it, it's uh, it's a sad thing for me that people can't just have conversations with people that don't think, look, or act like them. And I believe that's how we grow is is you know having a conversation with somebody who's got different opinions. And being able to say, you know what, I love you just for who you are. And, you know, and again, I think that, that the Holy Spirit is, is ultimately the one that allows us to have those conversations peacefully. But um, I, I think that, that if we had more of those, um, hey, I agree with you here, I agree with you here, I don't agree with you here, 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 that's okay. You know, we can agree to disagree and, and civility and, and just respect for other people is is lacking but i do agree with you that uh god is 100 percent sovereign and he is not 
He's not surprised by any of this. He's not uh, left his throne. He has not uh, been blown away by coronavirus. There are people that are crying out to God for healing. And I, I do believe that this land is it's a God-ordained nation. And, and I still believe that we are a Christian nation. I believe that uh, God is not finished with this land. And, and I believe that, that there, there's revival that has already started in this place. Uh, I believe that that fire of revival needs to continue to be stoked, but um, he's not finished with us yet. I, I have really enjoyed talking with you today, Tony. This has been fantastic, and um, it's just so inspiring to me. Again, you've lived a life for 30, 40 years, 30 years at Jimmy Hill, but it's 70 years young. You have still got fire and energy and passion uh, for just sharing God's news and um, God's good news. And, and I think that that is, uh, that is extremely encouraging. We, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this conversation today. And if you want to hear more of these episodes, you can check us out on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, or also Living Life on Purpose Always on Instagram. And, and please share this with your friends if, uh, if this touched you, I'm sure it'll touch somebody else. So thanks so much, and we will catch you next time.